everyone, and welcome to the Think Before You Drink podcast with Brianna Brueggemann and Tori Livingston. We are here today to talk about the importance of thinking before you drink to encourage less binge drinking habits in college freshmen. The overall goal is for you to ultimately finish listening to this podcast and have a few more tools in your pocket on ways you can engage in less binge drinking and overall safer drinking habits. So let's go ahead and get into it. So we know the transition from high school to college can be a very sensitive time period for a lot of people. And during this time, it can lead to riskier behaviors and a flood of different emotions. So for myself, I was leaving home at 17 years old. Um, I was going off to play collegiate sports, actually. So I actually left home 10 days after high school graduation. So didn't even really have time to like hang out with friends and family and stuff like that. Um, I was very nervous uh, for a multitude of reasons, you know, leaving my parents for the first time um, and going off on my own, like I was, you know, states away. Um, very nervous, but also super excited to just kind of have a new start and meet new people and kind of just like be an adult, you know, like we're, when you're a kid, you're looking forward to being adult and being on your own so bad. So I was both nervous and very excited. Yeah, I definitely had a similar experience. Um, I was just eager to meet people and I moved um, to a different state as well. I was from, you know, from Minnesota, I moved to North Carolina. And so luckily, when I did move, I was put into a dorm with um, five other girls. So I kind of already had these quote unquote, like built in friends. But Mm -hmm. since I went to a college, not knowing anyone, I was eager to get out to different social events. Mm -hmm. And um, I was exposed to alcohol when I was in high school. So it wasn't completely new to me, the fact that people were um, like drinking at parties and everything. But I remember feeling like um, I wanted a drink to calm my nerves more than I actually wanted a drink um, to enjoy alcohol. I don't think I even at that time knew, like I definitely, and I I don't think I knew that I did not know like what a good tasty cocktail was or something. compared to now, like I'm very particular about my cocktails. <laughs> I don't know even what I was drinking, but um, yeah, it was about nerves and it was about the social setting um, and probably, you know, it was just kind of overwhelming and eager to be free of your parents, like you said, and like just meet people and get into like that college feel and everything. Yeah, I can totally, I totally agree on like so much of what you said. It's funny that you brought up like, you didn't know your drink now, but you know, you didn't know your drink then, but you know it now. I think, you know, when you're in college, most people drink like rubbing alcohol and can't tell the difference, but don't do that people don't, don't do that. But um, I just wanted to talk more on like, I wasn't exposed to alcohol in high school. Um, I didn't really, you know, know a lot about alcohol to be quite honest and when I transitioned to college I was on a team and I also too had like built-in friends with the team but like you said earlier um, there's a lot of social pressure to drink in college Uh, for me it was more about just like fitting in um, and not 
seeming like lame or uncool or like a buzzkill to people. So that's kind of like why I drank when I first got to school. Um, and I just want to say like, you know, it's for, for a lot of people making that transition and going into their first year of college or just, you know, like leaving high school and going somewhere new for the first time, um, you know, getting into drinking is, is, is pretty, is it's common. Um, and it can be pretty dangerous if you don't, you know, know the information and know how to take care of yourself and to know how to be safe. So, um, you know, like Brianna mentioned earlier, a lot of us, you know, some of us have a lack of experience and, you know, we're free from our parents and we don't really know what we're doing, to be honest. And we can get into college, start drinking and develop some really poor drinking habits. So um, in general, and research has found that at least 34% of college freshmen have reported drinking five or more drinks on one occasion in the last two weeks. And 14% of those people endorsed high intensity consumption of 10 or more drinks on one occasion. So I know that was a lot of numbers, but just to put things in, um, in context, there's this thing called binge drinking. So binge drinking is technically when you consume four or more drinks in a two hour window or on one occasion. So, you know, for women, we have different body types than men. Our bodies are made differently. Um, women, it's considered four or more drinks in a two-hour window. And for men, it's considered five or more drinks in a two-hour window. So um, binge drinking is, is pretty dangerous. And when you're in college and you're getting swept up in the social scene and swept up in drinking and the games and all that stuff, it can be very easy to kind of cross that line from socially drinking into binge drinking into like alcohol poisoning. Yeah, yeah. And um, this is definitely something like I want to keep going down this just on what you've learned. But I will say thinking back to my freshman year days, um, I know I'd, I had heard of the term binge drinking, but, you know, thinking about almost kind of, quote unquote, like how little it can be, um, mm -hmm. especially when you're in an environment, people are encouraging you to just pound drinks back. Um it's, it's kind of like you said, it's a scary, it's a scary and easy, um, like line that you can cross over into binge drinking. So if you can kind of talk a little bit more, um, on what you have learned through the research on our think before you drink campaign, um, you know, just kind of get into more of this science, the sciencey things that you've found here. Absolutely. So I just want to start by saying that every two years at all public universities across the nation, there is this huge report that's done um, that basically looks at student well-being and it covers like mental health, physical health, anything that has to do with our, our, our bodies and our minds, right? And so um, here, that the, the information for that report comes from a survey that is given to all these students and they answer a bunch of questions. So some interesting stuff that was found here at UF in 2020, which was the year of the pandemic. So just keep that in mind. This was during the pandemic. So the numbers may be a little bit lower than, you know, they would have been in the past because no one was here. But in 2020, 
um, we found that 2.6% of all students felt that alcohol had negatively impacted their academic performance. 75.5% reported drinking alcohol um, and 71.5% reported drinking alcohol in the last three months. So um, this is a pretty interesting fact. 13.1% of all students were at moderate risk of developing alcohol use disorder. So if you don't know, alcohol use disorder is basically when you become dependent on alcohol, when you start having withdrawals, when you're when you don't drink it, um, when you basically have to get through your you have to have have alcohol to get through your day. Um, so 13.1% were considered at moderate risk and 1.1% were considered high risk. I think the interesting thing about this was that out of that 1.1%, most cases were men um, as opposed to women. 1.2% of all students reported uh, being in recovery from alcohol abuse or drug abuse here at UF. Um, and I think one of the really more interesting statistics that I found was that 84.3% of all students here that took the survey um, reported an estimated blood alcohol content level um, of less than 0 0.1. So less than 0 0.1 is, is, is good, um, but 14.6% of males had reported that they drink at least seven or more drinks at once and had a blood alcohol content higher than that. So again, males having the higher statistics here at UF than women and the seven or more drinks at once, that's a lot to consume at one time and having a blood alcohol content level higher than that one, that point one is also pretty interesting. Um, so just to kind of put the blood alcohol content into to perspective as well. So um, when 0 0.1 to 0.12% is like when you are like obviously impaired. So like you're slurring your words, you have loss of judgment, um, maybe you can't really walk straight. Um, and, and it, as you go up, as you get closer to that 0.4%, that's where you're looking at some pretty serious like consequences. So, you know, passing out, blacking out, and even death. So that's, I just wanted to provide a little bit of context on that. But I found that report. And those are just some of the interesting stats that I came across. Yeah, that is, it's, it is very interesting. I was actually just kind of like, taking um, notes here myself, just thinking of things that I wanted to highlight, but just thinking for alcohol use disorder, that 13.1% was at moderate risk. Like I don't even remember hearing that term being thrown around when um, I was a freshman, but I definitely feel like I saw um people go through withdrawal symptoms or just kind of feeling so anxious um, the next day or, you know, like really anxious to drink again um, when was, you know, like socially acceptable and whatnot. So it's just kind of crazy that, I mean, that's still like a, it's a pretty high significant amount of, amount of people. Um, but I'm glad that we went into the data here that you covered, because I know for me, when I try to get into 
creating a healthier habit it's mm-hmm. for when it's when I can actually understand why the topic is important like the implications that have been found that you just mentioned um you know I'm not someone that's ever been like I'm just gonna go along with the way things are done because someone's told me to do it so to hear you know you speak on this to see the research that we've done ourselves um yeah. and that really really resonates what do you think has been your biggest takeaway from the information that you found? I think, you know, just to kind of, you know, echo what you said, I also agree that it's important to understand, you know, the science behind something and kind of relate it back to yourself. That's when it will make the most sense. Um, I think for me, the biggest takeaway I had from this research was also like you, that 13.1 who are at risk of moderate risk of developing alcohol use disorder. You know, I think as young people, um, we kind of see ourselves as kind of being invincible sometimes, but also I think the world can neglect us in a certain way. Like when we talk about alcohol use disorder, you don't think of young people, you don't picture young people coming to mind or young people in college drinking, like that's not the image you would think of. And so we kind of are saying like, oh, maybe that can't happen to us, but the reality is like we had mentioned earlier is like drinking is a slippery slope you know you can start by having one drink going into five drinks and then you can say well I only drink this day but now you're drinking every day of the week and it's now you're dependent on it um so it can happen to anyone alcohol use disorder does not discriminate um and I think you know something else that's important to remember is like our bodies can only take so much. So our livers, our brains, our kidneys, like are all affected by alcohol. And, you know, when you're in school, we need all of that to survive, but we definitely need our minds in school. That's the whole reason why we're there. So um, that 13.1% was just really interesting to me. Um, It was much higher than I thought, but The beauty of it all is that, you know, we're, you know, providing information and there's so much information out there. So, um, you know, there are things out there to help people get better, you know, ways to deal with alcohol. So, Brianna, can you just tell us, like, what are the things in the toolkit that you've created and, and that you've put together that can really create healthier drinking habits? Yes. So I had a lot of fun actually really exploring um, and creating this toolkit. So something really simple to first start out with is to um, ensure that you drink water between your drinks. For every drink you have, you know, have a glass of water with it. Drink a Mm -hmm. lot of water and eat a solid meal before a night out of drinking. If your stomach is empty when you start drinking, the alcohol will enter your bloodstream faster and you may feel the effects of the drinks quickly, making it harder to manage your drinking and you know maybe engage in some riskier habits um, or decisions, et cetera. Um, another thing you can do is count your drinks and there are different um, apps for your phone out there that you can actually do to help, um, you can actually use to help do this. Because sometimes it's hard, especially when we start getting into drinking, um, to remember, you know, how many you've had. And a lot of times people, especially if they're drinking socially, they want to kind of get to this tipsy feeling. And um, that 
feeling can be delayed. So you can have, you know, five shots and um, be like, I'm fine. But really your body is not real, is not like adjusting to this alcohol yet. And next mm-hmm. thing you know, you're getting sick or, um, you know, whatnot, like you're just drinking more than you need to and you're engaging in, in binge drinking. Um, there is an app, you know, going back to drinking water, which I think is so important no matter what, but especially yeah. while drinking, I actually use this app. Um, it's like a hydration water just for every day. Like when I'm working at my computer, I forget to to drink water, but you can set, you can download this app and set it to, um, remind you to drink water every hour, for example. So if you're mm-hmm. out at a bar with friends or at a party and you're on your phone and you get kind of this external stimulus that says reminder to drink water. Um, it's just kind of like another way and not something that you have to actively think about once you kind of set it um, to then go up to the bar and grab a glass of water or whatnot. Um, another thing is the buddy system. You know, don't be afraid to talk to your friends about it. They might want to also engage in healthier drinking habits um, you can ask them to remind you to drink water or to remind you to slow down if they see if they see you start to slow your words or if you know they can sense that you're not feeling well, et cetera. Um, one of my favorites has been the introduction of mocktails. I'm actually Ooh. on a big mocktail kick right now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to dinner with a friend later this evening and I like specifically picked a restaurant that had mocktails. So I'm super excited about that. But there's been um, several celebrities such as Katy Perry, Bella Hadid and Blake Lively and um, a ton of other companies that have launched alcohol-free product lines. And I think this is really cool because again, a lot of times people drink with the social pressure. So if you go out to a social event, you can bring your own alcohol-free bottle um they have it like i saw at whole foods the other day it was an alcohol-free gin bottle for example they have um in seltzers they have it in beers they have it in wine and you can't even tell that it's alcohol-free unless you were to really inspect and be like what's the you know what's the percentage so no one's gonna be over there if, if you bring these with you and and you know, unless they're looking for it, which they wouldn't be, you know, they're not gonna, it's not like it stands out. So you can pour it in a red solo cup or, you know, whatever it is, and still feel like you have a drink in your hand and you don't really feel the pressure that sometimes you get when you're at a social event and you're not drinking Mm -hmm. and people are like, why are you drinking? Why are you drinking here? Like I made you a drink, whatever it is. Um, so I am a big advocate of this. I think it's, kind of a growing trend right now, which I'm really excited about. Um, Another thing is, you know, as we are being more health conscious here, if you are into working out, I kind of used this hack when I was an undergrad because um, I was a a pre-med student and on my Fridays, I had still like labs or like really serious classes that I needed Mm -hmm. to be very present for some of my friends didn't and they would always be like come out for thirsty thursday or whatever and um i just started working out in the evenings um to kind of hold myself accountable and then i would schedule on a wednesday i would schedule workout class for a sunday morning so that on like saturday evening i'm holding myself accountable so it can just be little 
kind of things like that that doesn't have to drastically change your overall like lifestyle you know it, it can just be um making a prior commitment or bringing that alcohol-free bottle to the event so that you can still feel engaged and feel like you're not necessarily missing out on something. Mm -hmm. um, one other thing is, you know, encourage different social events that either don't have drinking, you know, such as um, going to the movies or just like going for a walk with friends. Um, or if you do want to have um, some alcohol there, like have a relaxed wine night in, um, you know, that's something that's not focused the main event isn't alcohol. The main event is socializing um, and having a few drinks is just an addition, but it's not the the whole event. So those are just kind of some tips and tricks um, that you can put in your toolkit. And they're, they're, they're simple, you know, again, it's really important that we're not trying to have anything drastic, but it can make a drastic difference. Mm, no, those are some like really great tips especially like the mocktails that's got me interested I haven't tried any yet but I mean I they're want yeah. they're good yeah, yeah. I like, like I'm, I'm generally excited to go to this <laughs> dinner tonight and like have a mocktail like the ingredients sound healthy <laughs> like it's yeah it's cool I'm a, I'm a big fan <laughs> oh my gosh like I want I really want to try some and I really like the idea of like the bottles it's still being in bottles that look like the alcohol bottles but yeah. they're not the alcohol bottles like that could have been so clutch for me as like a freshman and sophomore yeah. in college yeah I know I was, like, so surprised. I was like what yeah alcohol free like I couldn't I couldn't tell and it says I think it even says something like gin on there but if you read the fine print and like so like you know no alcohol so yeah it was wow. it was awesome Wow. No, those are great. Like, thank you so much, Brianna, for like telling us about that. This is, I mean, like I'm learning new stuff too. So it's like really amazing. <laughs> no. So, you know, there are, like we said earlier, Brianna just gave you some, you know, great things that you can put in your own personal toolkit, but there are so many resources out there. And if you're a student here at UF, there is Gator Well. So Gator Well is a organization, is an organization here at UF that focuses on the well-being of the students here. And a really big part of what they do is they have a bunch of campaigns directed towards helping students navigate the alcohol, you know, scene here in college. And they really endorse safe drinking habits and um, things like that. So, you know, Gatorwell is kind of all over the place. You can check out their website. Um, you just type in Gatorwell UF into Google and their website pops up like immediately. Or you can go to gatorwell.ufsa.ufl.edu and find more um, resources, more of their toolkits and things like that on their website. And also, if you're just walking around campus, they have these cute little like Gatorwell tents. They are obviously orange and blue but they're kind of like all over main campus and you know not you know not trying to keep this a secret here they'd be giving out free stuff okay free stuff oh. is always a great way reason to go up to something but other than the free you know merch they do give out some um resources you know 
information and it's kind of like a no judgment zone you know the nice part is is like gator well and these campaigns are mostly peer run these are run by you know your peers and your colleagues just like you and a lot of them have probably had similar experiences so they've been through it they know it and they can they're just passing that information and help along to someone else and yeah it's a vibe so check out Gatorwell. I think that's a really great resource here at UF. Yeah, I agree. I was very surprised, but when I first um, checked out Gatorwell, just like the wealth of information, they have even, um, they had information on going on spring break and yeah. some like tips there and just, just, um, it, it was worded out very nicely, you know? So yeah. Overall, you know, um, want to thank everyone for listening, listening in on today's episode of Think Before You Drink. We hope that you take away from this a more mindful approach to drinking and you can use some of these tools in your next time out at your social events um, or go check out Gatorwell um, for some additional resources. We had a really great time talking about this and we hope that everyone can think before you drink. Think before you drink. Yes, stay safe. Thank you.